Welcome to the Wealthsteading Podcast. This is episode 359. Today is March 19th, 2022. I'm your host, John Pagliano. I'm also the founder and money manager at investablewealth.com. Today I'm going to talk about the petrodollar. The reason I'm picking this topic is because I've heard from a lot of people that are really nervous about what they're hearing in the gloom and doom press about how there's this thing called the petrodollar and because of shifts in the world order and the Russians and the Chinese and the Saudi Arabians and the whole oil and commodities trading environment, how things are priced in U.S. dollars. Well, it's all going to end in disaster. The U.S. dollar is no longer going to be the reserve currency. Our economy is going to crash. I mean, there's a whole litany of directions that this can go in. But the bottom line is, in almost every case, the main person that's behind the perpetration of the myth of the petrodollar, if you look far enough or dig deep enough, you're going to find they're trying to sell you something because they have the solution. Well, I'm going to tell you, I don't have any solutions, and I'm just going to give you my opinions about the petrodollar, why I'm not worried about it, and I'm going to start out by saying and relating this to the John F. Kennedy assassination and the executive order 11110. Now, you may or may not be aware of this myth But like most Kennedy assassination conspiracy theories, it is hogwash. And I'm not going to debate all the ins and outs of what conspiracies were involved in the Kennedy assassination, but I'm going to tell you, he was not killed over an executive order to get rid of the Federal Reserve or disband the Federal Reserve or put the U.S. back on a gold standard or impose a U.S. dollar silver standard. I mean, any variation of that story that you may have heard, It is all pure, unadulterated hogwash. I first came upon this myth sometime in the early 90s, and I believed it. I believed it for probably close to a decade. I don't know when I started disbelieving it, but I know it was somewhere around the 9-11 terrorist attacks. So, you know, sometime mid to late 2001, maybe into 2002. And the reason I found out it was a myth is because I happened to be looking around at some things on the internet... And I came across that executive order. And as I read the order for myself, okay, I studied the facts as opposed to believing the adulterated narrative that was being told to me. And when I read the executive order, I learned that it pretty much was 180 degrees out of phase of what the Kennedy assassination conspiracy theory guys were trying to pitch. Yes, there was an executive order, and yes, it did have to do with silver certificates and with currencies and things, but it had nothing to do with eliminating the power of the Federal Reserve or disbanding the Federal Reserve or returning to a gold standard or any nonsense. It was basically just a stopgap order that, in effect, was going to do exactly the opposite of what all these guys are talking about. It was making the fiat dollar more fiat. Go read the order for yourself. Come up with your own interpretations. I bring all this up because if you believe that particular version of the Kennedy assassination conspiracy theory, then nothing I say is going to change your mind. And if you're really worried and believe what you've heard about the petrodollar and how it's going to crash the economy and take the U.S. dollar out of reserve currency status, then nothing I tell you is going to change your mind. So I'm not here to debate or argue or change anybody's mind. I'm simply here to tell you what I believe And for those of you that are kind of, what the heck's going on? What does John think? I'm going to tell you what John thinks, and you can take it for what it's worth. The petrodollar in and of itself is a myth. It's like the tooth fairy. It doesn't really exist. 
It's a phrase. It's a catch-all phrase, and I think it's an inaccurate one because essentially what it means, it talks about oil that's purchased in U.S. dollars by countries other than the United States. Personally, when I use the term petrodollar and when I think of petrodollars, I think about all oil purchased with U.S. dollars, regardless of whether it's the United States purchasing the oil or, you know, if it's Cambodia. But by pure definition, I just told you what the petrodollar was. But it is just a definition. It's not a thing. You can't go out and invest or buy petrodollars. It's just a categorization to describe one of the many aspects of the oil industry. But just like that Kennedy executive order, people that want to perpetrate myths to concoct all kinds of convoluted storylines that take a little bit of truth here and a little bit of truth there and some history and wrap it all together and package it into a really compelling story. And as I said at the beginning of this, and oh, by the way, there's usually a sales pitch in there somewhere. Let me tell you a couple reasons why I'm not worried about the petrodollar and why I think it's all nonsense. Over the last many decades, pretty much since the end of World War II, everything is priced in U.S. dollars. I would submit to you that the reason it's that way is not because the United States ham-fisted, went around, and forced everybody to buy things in U.S. dollars and to price everything in U.S. dollars. And whether you're looking at this you know, from the early days of Bretton Woods in the 1940s, or you're looking at what Nixon did with the dollar coming off the international gold standard in the 70s, no matter how you crunch the numbers, in my opinion, the reason things are all priced in U.S. dollars is as much to the benefit of the extraction economy that's exporting the commodity as it is to the convenience of the United States to buy it that way. And really, it does all come down to convenience. Think about Saudi Arabia. And let's go back to the 1970s when Nixon and Kissinger and these guys supposedly went around and beat everybody into submission. If you're Saudi Arabia in the 70s and you're really building this big oil exporting empire, and at that time, you know, there were probably, I don't know, several hundred different world currencies. Every country in Europe today that's now under the euro, well, back then they all had their own, you know, French franc, Italian lire. Everybody had their own form of currency. And so if you're in Saudi Arabia, or for that matter, anybody in OPEC or, you know, the Shah of Iran back in the day was our buddy, if you're any of those people, what is your preference? Would you rather get up every day and price your exporting commodity, in this case oil, do you want to reprice it every day in 200 or more individual currencies? Or on the other hand, are you simply going to price it in U.S. dollars and call it quits and make everybody else adjust their balance sheets to accommodate you? That's the way it played out. It's a lot like the English language. I mean, why is English the predominant language of the globe right now, and specifically of global business, it's because it's the common denominator. The English language has taken seed, and no one's had to force everybody to learn it. It's just people gravitate to it. In my opinion, that's why the world currency is the dollars and not the euro or anything else. The other thing about commodities being priced in U.S. dollars, not only is it more convenient for the exporter, but as I mentioned, they have to price it in something. They could price it in gold. You know, today they could price it in Bitcoin. It wouldn't matter. They're not going to artificially sell their product 
unless the exchange rate is favorable for what they want to get, no matter what's being exchanged. The only reason they've taken U.S. dollars currently and in the past was because they knew that they could convert those dollars to other products so that we don't have to barter. It's just like the Amazon gift cards. The reason so many people exchange Amazon gift cards as currency is because everybody knows they can go to Amazon and get something they want for it. The U.S. dollar was just convenient. Right now, I know a big storyline that's going around in the fear press is that, you know, Russia and India, China, they're all going to gang up. They're going to make a deal with the Middle East to not only trade with them directly in their own currency, but even worse, here's the big, you know, hide under your bed and be scared. They're going to have the OPEC countries specifically price their oil in something like the Russian ruble or the Chinese yuan. And that, you know, would just supposed to bring down the U.S. system because we would have to exchange our fiat currency into somebody else's fiat currency to buy oil. But it doesn't matter. If the United States is producing products and services that generate some type of wealth, that's what ultimately determines the value of the U.S. dollar, which right now is tied to oil. If the price of international oil gets tied to the Russian ruble, which is hilarious that anybody would even conceive of that because that's about the worst economy you could tie it to, but that's what one of the prevailing rumors is right now. Well, even if that were to happen, it isn't going to be like a one-for-one exchange. The Russian producing GDP economy, which is pretty much, like I said, only extraction-based, it isn't even as big as the GDP of Texas or California. Here's the biggest compelling reason I have why I'm not worried about the petrodollar and if it all goes away, especially the OPEC version of it, which is really the main source, because right now the United States gets something less than, I don't know, 13, 15% of their oil coming from OPEC. And if you take away the U.S. imports and things, we potentially could be totally self-sustaining if we really chose to. Again, there might be a little pain point along the way. But we don't need OPEC, which is once again one of the long-term trends of why we've been pulling out of the Middle East and why the global order is changing. But here's the biggest economic reason why any type of a deal with Russia and OPEC and China and everybody else isn't important. Because the price of oil is so volatile from year to year or multi-year periods, the amount of U.S. dollars traded in that commodity can vary astronomically. In the period from 2010 to 2014, the average price of oil was around 92, you know, 90-some dollars a barrel. From 2015 to 2019, because of the shale oil revolution, that price came down to about $53 or less on average. So that means that each of those five years, from 2015 to 2019, on average, there were nearly 1.5 trillion less U.S. dollars being traded in oil on a global scale. That's almost 1.5 trillion a year for five years. Taking all those U.S. petroleum dollars out of the global economy didn't crash the U.S. economy. And in fact, just another way to look at this, OPEC's overall exports, because of what I'd already stated about the total petroleum oil industry on a global scale only represents about 4% of the overall global economy. So if you look at the oil that we're going to be importing from OPEC this year at today's current price, if all of a sudden we had to convert our U.S. dollars into rubles or some other nonsense number, it would maybe come out to about $130 billion. That's on an annual basis how much oil 
the U.S. is buying from OPEC. To put that into perspective of how insignificant a number it is, over the last two years, the Federal Reserve every month has printed $120 billion. So theoretically, the Federal Reserve, as they back off on their money printing, rather than just cutting it all out, they could print just one month of quantitative easing and take that and buy almost an entire year's supply of oil from OPEC. The bottom line is that the petrodollar, in my opinion, has little to no impact on the strength of the U.S. economy. And even with all the headline problems going on today, look at the strength of the U.S. dollar and look at the strength of the stock market and corporate America. Hey, as always, just my opinion. Until next time, as always, this is John Pagliano wishing you the very best returns.